Welcome to What You're Drinking with your host, Chris Doyle. Hi everyone, welcome to a new edition of What You're Drinking podcast. My name is Chris Doyle, I'm the host, and I'd like to thank you for joining us for our newest episode. I've been, you may have noticed I've been gone for the last couple of weeks, haven't put an episode out there. My last episode was the one with the great Harry Barnett. I really enjoyed the show and thanks Harry again for being on two weeks ago with me. But um, unfortunately since that episode, I've gotten very, very busy. Um, the way it is with me, I do this episode or this podcast to... Um, just throw my voice out there a little bit, see any get any responses back, and sort of share my opinions on lots of things that's going on. Mainly, my main hobbies are pro wrestling and UFC, along with soccer and the English Premier League. But um, getting my opinions out there, seeing what other people think, and just sort of having a chat and meeting new people. Unfortunately, in real life, I work full time, five days a week, and then I've also got three beautiful kids at home, so when I get home, time is divided out by them, so usually I don't get sitting down, relaxing, having my own time until after they go to bed, which is probably 8pm, and I'm pretty tired by that stage, so I found it hard, Saturday's my day to do the recording, trying to line up other guests, being as they're overseas as well, time difference, it gets kind of difficult to line things up the way I would like, so things don't always work out, I can't guarantee an episode every week, I would like to put an episode out every week, even if I just keep them short, which is what I plan to do going forward, um, but to make it up today, I've got, I believe, a decent length episode, I've watched quite a few things this week, um, I've watched the AEW Dynamite show, their weekly show on TNT. I watched it again on my Fight TV app. Really good app. You get all the shows for five bucks a month. Highly recommend it. Um, so I've watched AEW. I've got a quick rundown of that. I didn't make super lengthy amount of notes. Last night, Friday night in Australia, I watched the um, Crown Jewel event. In Saudi Arabia so I watched that and then this morning when I was up and working around the house getting the kids ready and stuff I also had Smackdown on so I've watched a bit of Smackdown wasn't totally focused on that but we'll go through some some little points and things that happened on that on a very good Smackdown show this morning and also I want to maybe if we have time depending how long this runs I would like to possibly talk about the UFC 244 card maybe just throw out some predictions for the main card and we'll check back and see how I do on the next show okay I hope you enjoyed that little um catching up on what's going on I'll, and again I promise I'll try my best not to not to miss weeks again the name of the show is what you're drinking today as it's just gone noon in Australia I haven't had anything alcoholic yet just having a Pepsi Max today but maybe when I get a chance later on stick the football on it might be time for 
a nice cold beer. Ah, all right, on we go. AEW Dynamite. Um, so the show started off with the um, shot of Cody getting off the private jet. I thought the jet was a little bit too much for me. Like, why is he getting off a jet, getting a limo ride to the arena? Cody is supposed to be running the show. Everybody knows that. It's not something that they've banged over the head with on TV but they have mentioned it on commentary and you know everybody knows anyway why is he not already at the arena it's it's you know he's got he's a performer but like surely he should be already there why do we need this big limo ride the um, content in the limo ride I didn't mind as much but it's kind of the overview of it doesn't make sense why is why is this happening and it sort of takes you out of the moment for me a little bit um like i said the content in the limo with him and tony i didn't i quite i didn't mind it too much um i see what they're trying to do it's sort of the same storyline between cody and jericho it's kind of the same storyline that they've done for all in leading up to the match with Nick Aldis for the NWA championship they're saying Cody's first world title he's going for his first world title then it was the belt that Dusty had held before the world championship Dusty had held and doing it for Dusty and Dusty watching down on them and this is very very similar um, the th there are a couple of things that sort of bug me in it one being I've seen the story before I saw it going up to all in where it's repeating it um, they're saying Cody's never won a world title before but yet he did win that NWA world title against Nick Aldis does he disregard that is he saying that's not a real world title anymore doesn't that devalue his own father not never being a world champion then if he, the only world championship he ever held was the NWA World Heavyweight Championship so why does Cody not regard that as a proper world championship anymore a little bit confusing and a little bit of a disconnect there for me um, I hope after this storyline I'm just giving it the benefit of the doubt but I really hope we ease down on the doing it for dusty stuff you know it is his father I get that it's it's the new first his first program on this new wrestling national international tv show so i kind of get that it's a story he's doing it again he's playing it out to a bigger audience that's why i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt but it seems to be cody's go-to all the time doing it for dusty doing it for dusty my dad's watching after me you know okay but after this can we leave it he it has been a while this may be people may hate me for this and say oh not being compassionate but come on seen it before let's do it the once and let's try and move past it you know if you want to honor dusty have an annual event from a dusty roads battle royal or something that all out next year but we don't have to keep harping on the dusty roads connection the rick and morty stuff on dynamite i wasn't a massive fan of either 
I don't even know what Rick and Morty is. I've never watched the show. I know it's a cartoon after watching AEW. Um, like an adult swim, robot chicken, adult humour um, cartoon it looks like. But I didn't like it. I didn't like the wrestlers dressing up as it, all the masks and the crowd. It's one of those things, cross-promotion things that if WWE done it, like they did with the Colonel Saunders, um, Miz and Shawn Michaels, I think, dressing up as them, people shit all over it. But AEW are doing the exact same thing. People are loving it. Oh, this is great. This is brilliant. I don't get it. It's unnecessary. You don't need it in wrestling. It's not what I like to watch. And, uh, yeah, can we... This company said we're different. You know, we're everything matters. We're sports-orientated, you know. But yet they're still doing the same gimmicky, silly stuff that WWE do. So I didn't like that. John Moxley had a good promo promo in ring. I also like the backstage thing whenever he goes into Tony Khan's office and you just hear the mics and stuff. I like that. That was pretty good at the start of the show. And his um, in-ring promo later on in the night was also very good. The women's match, I just skipped on through it. There was uh, a six-man tag. I just didn't care enough to watch these um, matches. That I don't know who the... Um, people in the matches were so skipped on through but then the main event was the um so so Kyle uncensored winning the and no oh, not NX, excuse me the AEW tag team championships <laughs> got it out there um this is I called them as the winners at the start you you could sort of sort of see the foreshadowing with the Lucha Bros and SCU the last couple of weeks they always seem to be linked up and you sort of thought they were going to meet at the end i was kind of throwing a bit when daniels was taken out i thought uh with a, a well i believe is a real life injury that he couldn't compete otherwise he would have been in the tournament but uh whenever that happened i thought maybe they'll switch it maybe they don't want scorpio sky in the tag division so i thought maybe they might go for lucha bros but Deep down, I thought it was going to be SCU. It was. I'm happy for them. It was a great match. I think Scorpio Sky is an absolute star. He's going to be a big member of that um, roster and company going forward. I thought it was awesome. And yeah, it was really, really good. Very happy for them. I love seeing the Rock and Roll Express on the show. Um, it was great to see them getting attacked by, by uh, LAX. I don't, they're just... Ortiz and Satana now, but um, the only thing, one thing I didn't like about it was putting Ricky Morton through the stage. It was kind of the gimmicky, you know, bit of the stage you don't stand on because that's where he's going through and the crash pad and stuff underneath. I think it'd be much more better and impactful if just be vicious, just beat the crap out of them. Maybe, you know, whip them with a belt or something or, you know, three or four good chair shots on across the back when he's on the floor is a lot more impactful for me than a big gimmicky power bomb through a, a gimmick stage you know i didn't that's the only part i didn't like but i love the whole um sort of angle between them you know it gets the heat on the heels and everybody gets to see the rock and roll express out there which was always good i did have a thought at the start and um 
whenever we got to that contract signing, whenever Dustin or whenever Jericho and Cody are head to head and then he says, oh, I think you might be needed elsewhere and you shoot to the back and Dustin Rhodes is there. He's in the car, uh, parking lot beside the limo. I thought to myself, at the start, whenever Cody got out of the plane, Dustin got out of the plane, Cody and Tony went in the limo to the arena. I thought Dustin got back into the plane. He didn't. Um, a good friend of mine, Jason Marshall, who's got a, a podcast as well. We don't have Cookies podcast. Look that up on all your all your um, devices and podcasting services. Very good comedy entertainment podcast. We don't have cookies. But he pointed out to me when I brought this up, he, he re-watched the start of it and he said, no, he didn't actually get back into the plane. He just sort of walked off to the right and Cody and Tony walked off to the left. Must have got in separate cars. What I don't understand is, why is Cody such a dick that he wants to travel in a massive stretch limo, might hold 10, 15 people, to the arena with Tony Schiavone, and then he makes his brother find his own way there. Why not just let him in in the stretch limo? That one sort of confused me, but just a little nitpick thing, um, not that big of a deal, but it was just, um, I thought it was a little, a little bit silly but overall I really like the show you know there's a few bits I don't like like the um, the Rick and Morty stuff but overall there's good wrestling on the show for most part and Jericho is always on point on the microphone and his promos it was awesome awesome might be a bit of an um, exaggeration but it was a really good contract signing compared to the ones we're used to whenever it ends up with the table flipped and shit like that um, but a bit of the disconnect with some of the you know quality control just just minor details that need tightened up but otherwise really strong good outing for for AEW again and of course won the won the night in the ratings again um, so they're doing really well that's five in a row five weeks on top so We'll have to see if that continues after SmackDown, which we'll get into later. But uh, I think I think they're in a good spot, and they're they're going to hold that top spot for for another few months for, for sure. On to Crown Jewel, WWE's event out in Saudi Arabia last night for me. Well, overnight, but I watched it last night whenever I got home from work. Massive. Um, WWE Network compute. Um, WWE Network pro connection problems for me. Trying to watch it was tough. I could easily watch it on my iPad. Put the app in, and it would work fine. I tried to mirror it to my Apple TV to get it up on the big screen. It worked, but it just kept lagging and sort of skipping and stuttery. So I said, "Screw that." took that off got the PlayStation 4 on put it up but I've had trouble on the PlayStation 4 before so um, I was ex wasn't really expecting it to work but I keep getting a lagging um, loading circle every 30 seconds 20 seconds maybe it just stops freezes get it 
start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. So shut everything down. This went on for a good 30 minutes trying to, because I didn't want I don't like watching it on my iPad. I like to throw it up there on the screen. Um, but what I ended up having to do was shut everything down, turn my modem off. I took it off, my PlayStation off Wi-Fi, plugged in the LAN cable, set it back up, and thankfully it's worked fine. But I think that was once off of my PlayStation 4. Anybody else got PlayStation 4s or Xboxes out there? Do you have pro problems with the WWE network? I do. I'd like to find out if you have, what you've done to fix it. Is there anything I can do, any advice, please help. I've searched, looked at forums and stuff, and I could not find anything. So I just got to, it's a bit hit and miss for me, but thankfully, after the 30 minutes or so mucking around, I, I got it, I got it fixed. On to the event, Crown Jewel. First of all, started great, skipping a bit, but then I was just surprised to see Lesnar. Go, wow, Brock's kicking off the show. What is going on here? You know, another... I was thinking WrestleMania moment with Brock and Seth being on first. Maybe Brock just knows he's getting beat. <laughs> he wants to get in and out of there nice and quick. I couldn't have been further from the truth. But kicked off the show. Kane came out then. Well, Ray came, Ray came out then. Kane came out. New entrance music. I like Kane's music. I think it's good. Catch on. has got that impact at the start of it. It's recognisable. Um, I quite like that. Got in the ring. Two guys were there, Kane looked good, and Brock always looks great, and um, big fight feel to me, I thought this is great. Started off, you know, MMA style, kicks, throws, I like that being a UFC fan, I like that realistic aspect of it. Um, Kane threw a couple of kicks, bit of a stumble, Brock went to the ground, bang, Kimura tapped out, what the fuck? That was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I go, what? Brock beat Cain Velasquez in, I don't know, 90 seconds, two minutes, something like that. It was ridiculous. I don't know why it was done. I don't know how it it benefits Brock even. It, it definitely doesn't benefit Cain that he's come in as an MMA giant. The only guy that could ever, you know, kick Brock Lesnar's ass. And he loses in two minutes. How it's his debut too, you know. Brock could have, you know, done something to cheat or get away out of it or a double DQ or you know a double count out or something to get out of this match without having to beat Kane the way you did. I don't know how. What well, I don't know why they're going to rehab him now. What's he? He's going to have to come out and just murder everybody to try and build this guy back up again. Um, we don't know what his schedule is going to be like even though he is signed to a contract is he just going missing now for six months down to the performance center to train we don't know for sure but um we'll have to see what happens in raw next week brock's supposed to be going there so unless something happens but i thought it was absolutely ridiculous um didn't like it i don't know in no part of my mind can i make any sense out of it it also devalues you know, the Kofi Kings, Kingston reign. I'm not a massive fan of Kofi as a champ, but he beat Kofi in 10 seconds. 
build Brock up as a champion because you had Cain Velasquez to come in and this was your blockbuster match and it's done in two minutes. Emphatically, Kimura tap out. It makes Cain look so stupid. Brock, to the WWE audience, has beaten this guy, Cain Velasquez, in two minutes. People didn't know who he was, really. Wasn't much of a build-up. We only had about a month. Why does the WWE fans that don't know this guy care that the, that he's beaten him? Because he looks like a jabroni. I don't I don't get it. Didn't like it. Um, the only note, positive note out of that, Ray's intensity after the fact with the steel chair. I thought that looked really good. But uh, overall, a thumbs down for that match for me. But we'll have to see where it goes. Then they had the tag team turmoil match. This one went on a while. A um, couple of good points and, you know, obviously slow points. We started off with Rude Dolph. Started it off, Robbie Rude and um, Dolph Ziggler. They've started off against the Lucha House Party. I just made a note that I love Grand Metal League. Absolutely love him. I think he's very under underutilized. Loved him since 205 in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, he could do so much more with the way he walks around the ropes and some of his big flips and stuff. I think he's absolutely awesome. But what are they? They're just a jobber gimmick team for kids, it seems. But it is what it is. They were beat quickly and then Ryder and Hawkins came out. Just again, another jobber team. Lasted 20 seconds. Big payday, Saudi Arabia, I suppose. Then heavy machinery. Hot tag in this match went to Otis. This guy is getting over, and he is pretty over. The crowd love Otis. Um, and his Caterpillar stuff. Heavy machinery end up winning this. But, uh, yeah, Otis, Otis is, has got big potential, I think. As, he's never going to be World Heavyweight Champion, but... He's getting over, that's for sure. So that's all you can ask. When you're getting that reaction, it's a big positive. Heavy Machinery then faced the New Day. The New Day win. Then the get B team come out. Another quick match. And then it's the Revival next. They're out to face the New Day as well. New Day beat the Revival, which was a bit of a surprise for me. I thought it would have been the Revival. Then it was the OC taking on the New Day. They get the win there. And finally, the OC versus the Viking Raiders, which surprisingly for me, the OC won. I don't think the Viking Raiders have gotten beat at all. I could be wrong, but I don't think they've gotten beat since they moved up to the um, to the main roster, to Monday Night Raw. So for them to lose their first match, even though it wasn't a turmoil match... Um, was quite surprising for me but OC won I'm glad for them obviously they have to walk around with that big trophy now AJ's got the US title so it's good it gives them something to do and yeah I'm a fan of the OC anyway so um, good to see it next up I'm watching I was going nice Cesaro's coming out one of my favorites very excited about this next thing music hits oh shit he's fighting Mansoor, Mansoor, whatever the hell his name is. And I just thought to myself, oh, they're gonna beat 
Cesaro, as they always do. Shouldn't be a surprise, but could not believe it. Mansoor, oh my gosh. Physically, this guy looks too skinny. He's got no muscle definition at all. He just looks like a creator wrestler out of uh, 2K19 or something. And a bad one at that. Shitty looking gear. Um, you know, I just physically to look at him, I don't like it. I can't see any connection. Obviously, he's got a big connection with the Saudi Arabian crowd because that's where he was born. Um, I don't know how long he actually lived in Saudi Arabia for because he sounds like he's got a pretty, pretty thick American accent to me. I tried to look up some information about him. I haven't found a lot, but um, I really don't, I don't, there's no, um, there's no, uh, I don't see any star quality in him really. I don't think he's going to do, do very well to be honest. He has some agility and Cesaro bumped around from him in there. You could see Cesaro talking to him a lot during the match, calling spots and stuff. He obviously led this guy through the match and he made him look pretty good and like Monster can he can do the flips and he does have decent timing in there but um, I think that also has a lot to do with him being in there with Cesaro an absolute pro and the best one of the best stars they have in WWE I really wish they would do better with him but obviously they're just using him to get these other stars up and going so otherwise it was a decent match it was okay I didn't I didn't like that I could see the communication between them um, but it is what it is Monsieur got his feel-good moment for the home crowd and that was it really on to Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury this one I was really really looking forward to um, Braun came down, awesome entrance for Tyson, absolutely fantastic, the production, WWE, massive pop for me, massive uh, audience pop, audience reaction, and he come rises up from the stage, and in pure Tyson Fury fashion, if anybody knows Tyson Fury from the boxing world, he was dressed up in the Arab get up, get up with the, you know, Arab head dress, and the whole bodysuit he likes to do those things he was fighting a mexican he dressed up in the mexican gear and he was fighting in vegas for the first time and he had the apollo creed all american gear on that's that's the sort of thing he does i was loving it i love the entrance and all those um strobe lights and stuff that were in the ring i thought it was really really good The opening section of this match, you could see that Tyson was trying to wrestle, and you know he was being in the. We know he's been in the performance center, and he was uh, working on stuff. So to see to see him wrestling was good, but a lot of it was quite sloppy for me. Um, his timing was off. It wasn't. It wasn't clean or crisp, and there's just no other way to put it. It wasn't very good. It was pretty sloppy. As a boxer. Tyson Fury doesn't even have a nice smooth style like you know the heavyweights you know like an Ali or <clears throat> Ali or some of those free-flowing fighters he's got a very perky jerky style and he's awkward and with his size and stuff so I could sort of see that in him 
in the wrestling ring whereas with the wrestling as we all know as wrestling fans you have to be much smoother everything's supposed to look good but um you could see that it was a decent debut for him and a fun match you know i liked the sort of story they told but it was technically quite sloppy but uh for me it wasn't it wasn't a bad effort you know it was an attraction match we weren't getting brett versus sean there but um it was it was good to see for me as a boxing fan as a tyson fury fan it was good to see tyson fury in another passion of mine in a wwe ring um i am aware i'm starting to ramble on a bit i want to try and get through this card and not run the show too long um we had aj versus humberto carrillo or whatever the hell his name is i didn't care one bit about this match so i hit fast forward and i don't do that too often through aj styles matches i don't care about humberto i know um they're trying to build him up or whatever i don't know if he'll be any good or not i didn't care about the match I fast forwarded i don't do that through aj styles matches i don't really like aj styles as a heel every time they put him with gallows and anderson he turns bad guy what you know let them be good guys I, he's got a style of wrestling that much is suited much better as a baby face so but yeah didn't care for the match fast forwarded that one Natalia Natalia versus Lacey Evans you could see on Natty's face just the pride and how proud she was at that moment to be getting the opportunity to wrestle in Saudi Arabia it, it made you smile well it made me smile as a fan watching it I thought the match itself it sort of went on a little bit too long it didn't have to be that long you know it could have been just a, you know a five minute match is all they needed to do it was more about the significance of the moment than the actual match itself um it was great to see the 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 girls in the crowd the the uh, little girls and the the adults as well embraced the women after the match it was a very i'm sure important moment for them even in that stadium so it was nice to see fuck saudi arabia and all these stupid morals they have you know women aren't allowed to do this equality laws it's ridiculous so we shouldn't it shouldn't have to be like this you know there should be equality obviously but I guess we have to support and celebrate the little wins and hopefully it does get a lot better in the future there. Hogan versus Ric Flair. The first thing I noticed in this match was whenever they're doing the entrances. I don't know if this is new. I assumed it was for um, the show the other night. But Ricochet's outfit was fucking horrible stupid that whole full body suit hated it gables dressed up as a basketball player as well um it was just a standard 10-man tag everybody came in roman reigns gets that massive hot tag place erupts absolutely loving roman so roman does have that um star power around the world you would say so he ends up pinning orton with the spear something that surprised me as well team hogan stood at the bottom of the ramp 
and celebrated and all clapping and Roman was getting the big moment in the ring and doing his poses and saluting the crowd. Why didn't the why didn't the whole team get in? You thought they would have loved to seen Hogan doing his his uh, 24 inch pythons and you know all that stuff cup in the air but nah it didn't happen that was Roman Reigns' moment I thought it was weird I kind of preferred it than seeing Hogan in there but uh, I just thought it was a little bit strange but standard 10 man um, didn't think much more of it than that it, it was what it was overall everything on this card so far it's sort of everything you kind of expected it to be um, didn't blow me out of the water nothing was overly spectacular um, but nothing was I'm trying to think was there anything overly horrible about it maybe maybe the next match Seth versus Bray oh, I wrote first thing please don't fuck this up again please don't after the Hell in a Cell disaster off a finish the match at Hell in a Cell, I didn't dislike it that much. I know it got canned everywhere, but I didn't dislike it too much. Actually, when I was watching it and it had that red cage and I was watching the event up to it, I don't like the red cage, but then they put the red light on the ring at Hell in a Cell. And I go, oh, this is different. I'm kind of digging this. And the match was good and, you know, all the physicality and all the chairs and stuff. I kind of liked it. Maybe the sledgehammer ending the match was a bit silly. I see that in hindsight. But I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it like everybody else did. This time, match started, red light was on. I was like, ugh, not again. We don't need this red light. There was no call for it. I don't know. I hope they're really not going to do this in every one of the Fiends match. It's going to be a real turnoff for for anybody watching um, the match itself was okay I actually because when I was watching it was getting a bit late here I actually ended up dozing off excuse me during it and I think it had something to do with the red light and being in a dark room it sort of made me a bit sleepy so I really didn't like it I had to go back oh sorry excuse me I had to go back and re-watch the finish to see what actually happened afterwards and uh you know, Superman Bray is in a big explosion, comes out, bang, you know, Mandible Claw, Sister Abigail becomes a new Universal Champion. I love the fact that that happened. I love that Bray is the champ. He needed to be the champ. They couldn't beat him again. It would have been ridiculous if they had of. I really would have thought it would have killed the character if they had of. Um, but now he is the Universal Champion. That was the goal interesting to see what's going to happen because as i'm going to move into now is smackdown he was supposed to be on smackdown he was supposed to be doing Miz tv obviously he's probably stuck in saudi arabia with the rest of most of the roster and they had trouble getting out of there no real details on the story of why yet um hopefully it was just something as simple as as playing um difficulties apparently they were on the plane something happened faulty plane or they were on the runway for six hours is the reports i was reading and um, i think mike johnson from pwi was uh, i could be wrong hopefully i haven't misquoted it might have been somebody else it might have been Meltzer or somebody 
But I read that they were on the plane for six hours and then had to get off and obviously get everything rescheduled to get back on the plane. But I believe they may be back in America now, which is a good thing. And uh, although it's just a little bit too late for SmackDown. But anyway, Bray is the champ. He is on SmackDown. He is a SmackDown contracted superstar, according to Paul Heyman today. According to Paul on SmackDown, Brock could not face Ray on SmackDown because Ray is contractually legally obligated to USA Network on Raw and cannot come to SmackDown to face him. That was Paul Heyman's point. So that means Seth Rollins will not be able to come to SmackDown in future weeks to regain his Universal Championship because Bray is on SmackDown and Bray will not be able to go to Raw because they are legally contracted on separate TV networks. But yet, we had 16,000 superstars from USA Network appearing on Fox TV in the form of NXT. I hate those inconsistencies. Like, why did... They, maybe Paul Heyman said it by himself. Maybe he thought it was a good idea not you know, knowing what was happening in the rest of the show. But I thought that was really um, overlooked silly inconsistency that really turns you off the show itself though was awesome i love shana baszler coming out and taking out all the women in the ring sasha banks bailey um then we had matt riddle and and keith lee with sammy zayn sammy zayn i think is just fantastic on the mic he's um he's just such a good bad guy walking out you know oh I'll be back I'm going to get the t-shirt no you don't have to follow me I thought that was hilarious I thought the way he done it he's got a real um, it comes off naturally I think he's really really good and he's one of the best um, mic men in WWE to be honest in my opinion and then of course we had the main event with Adam Cole baby and Daniel Bryan what a match it was fantastic loved it we knew when it was announced, you know, this is a match. It's going to be excited. Everybody's going to uh, be excited to see it. It was fantastic. I thought Daniel Bryan might have won it. I thought they might have switched the belt. And I thought they might do the rematch on Wednesday night. You know, it's a way to get, try and bump that rating for Wednesday night. Knowing Daniel Bryan will be on NXT for the rematch. Didn't happen that way, but it still makes NXT look bigger. They've beaten a former world champion in Daniel Bryan. And uh, it's great. It's moving into Survivor Series. It's the new angle starting. You know, NXT are obviously going to be the, the big fan favourites. Um, everybody wants to see them do well. So it was good. A really good SmackDown. Out of all the shows, I would probably... I'd go AEW or SmackDown, you know. SmackDown, I didn't... I wasn't as focused on it I was doing other things in the house and it was up on the TV but um, from what I've seen from Smackdown it was a good show but AEW was also a good show apart from some of the silliness I didn't like but uh, yeah Crown Jewel was a not so good show it was okay in parts and it was bad in parts so I try not to be too harsh it was middle of the road pay-per-view for me that's my, my wrestling rundown for the week. That's all I've watched. It's a lot, and I've watched it all in the last couple of days. I didn't get to NWA Power. I want to get to that. 
I'm going to might watch that tonight um, before I watch football. If I get a chance, I will. But tomorrow morning in Australia, 10 a.m., if you get me on what you're drinking then, it most definite, definitely will be an ice cold beer. I'll be sitting here 10 a.m. till about 1 p.m. watching UFC 244, which is going down from Madison Square Garden. Massive card. Title on the line. Fake title, made up title, but still a title on the line. The baddest motherfucker in the UFC title. It belt has been made, it's been out there on social media. It was presented by Dana White at the weigh-ins today. Also attendance at the weigh-ins, the guy who's going to present the belt to the winner, none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Again, crossover from one world to the next. I love it. I love the crossover. I love seeing these guys in different places. It's, it's fantastic. Quickly running through the card, there's five fights. I'm going to go through them, give my predictions, and we'll see how, how we do next week we, on, on next week's show. The first fight, Kevin Lee, at lightweight, comes back down to 155. He's been fighting, up, I think he just went, had one, one or two fights at 170, but he's fighting Gregor Gillespie. Gregor Gillespie's 13 0, um, wrestling based. He's a wrestling based um, athlete, as is Kevin Lee, also a great wrestler. Gregor Gillespie, 13 and 0. A lot of, I think he's won about five or six in the UFC. Um, I think I'm going to go for, for Gregor in this one. Kevin Lee's, I think, lost two in a row, two or three in a row, or three out of his last four, something like that. So, so I think I'm going to go for Gregor in this one. Scribble these down as well, so I don't forget. Then we've got a heavyweight bout: Derek Lewis versus Blagoff. Ivanov, Blagoy Ivanov, hope I've said that right. Um, good record, Ivanov has. He's 18 and 2. Derek Lewis is 21 and 7, but Derek Lewis has got power and he's got hot balls. <laughs> Those of you who don't know that reference know it, but uh, he's got power. Ivanov, I don't know much about him. I've seen him beat um, Taiju Ivasa while back but um i think i'm gonna go for for the black beast Derek lewis in this one wonderboy thompson stephen thompson takes on vicente luque wow that's a good fight that is a hell of a fight i don't know what sort of streak luque is on at the minute but i know thompson thompson got knocked out by by uh pettis hmm that's a tough one He's got that karate style. He's good at points. If it, I could see this one going the distance, and I can see Thompson just nicking it on points on a decision win. Luke has got some power. I'm gonna go for Wonder Boy to bounce back after that knockout from um, from Pettis. Co-main Calvin Gastelum versus Darren Till. Darren Till had visa issues getting into the USA from the UK. Um, Gastelum. Was having weighing well problems with weighing with dropping weight and they had to get the towel out go absolutely naked on the scales to actually make weight he is a tough guy darren tells the taller man till has been knocked out in his last two fights of course by jorge masvidal 
and one of them. Um, I think. Oh, this is this is such a good card. I'm really looking forward to this card. This is a tough fight, but I'm going to have to pick somebody. And I think. I think Adesanya was a better striker than Till, and he couldn't knock out Gastelum. I think this go. I think this could go the distance, and I think Gastelum will beat him. I wonder if that's a five rounder. It's co-main. It could be a five round fight, but it might only be a three. But I'm going to go Gastelum. If it's five round, I might go to Till. But a three round, maybe Gastelum will do it. Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz. This is awesome. Both, both have double digit losses. Masvidal's 34 wins and 13 losses. Diaz is 20 wins and 11 losses. Uh, Diaz's jiu-jitsu, would, you would say, is stronger than Masvidal, but Masvidal's knockout power in his last couple of fights against Darren Till and, of course, the five-second knee against Ben Askren has been out of this world. It's going to be hard to knock out Nate Diaz. He doesn't get knocked out much. This is going to be a slugfest. Um, I think Nate might just pip it. I've always thought Nate in the back of my head, but I just don't want to bet against Jorge either. Wow, I'm going to have to pick here, and I'm going to throw it out there just because of the stronger jiu-jitsu and maybe get him in a position where he could land a submission. I'm going to go for Nate Diaz. So there are my predictions for UFC 244 tomorrow. Gregor Gillespie. Derek Lewis, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Kelvin Gastelum, and Nate Diaz. We'll check on those next week. See how I do. See how my predictions are. More wrestling next week. I'll probably catch out AEW again. I might try and get NXT next week because that seems to be something exciting happening there. As we saw with all the arrival of NXT on SmackDown this week due to the due to the uh, flight issues. I wonder if that was in the original plan. I doubt it. I believe I read somewhere that NXT were flowing up from Florida to Buffalo. is where they had Smackdown today. So yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting going forward. So much good wrestling on. Great UFC. Tonight my man you played Bournemouth in the early kickoff for me. So 8.30 here in the evening, which is awesome. Matches are usually a little bit later. 11 p.m. midnight, so it's good that I get an early game today. Excited to see it, and hit me up. You know where to find this. Search all your podcast outlets for what you're drinking. Just type it in. Find me on Twitter at what you're drinking. Um, search me on Facebook. Look for the logo, Chris Doyle. Just look for the what you're drinking logo. Please tell a friend about the show if you like what you're hearing. If if you don't like what you're hearing, tell a friend, tell them to listen, see what they think about it. Um, but again, I just thank you all for listening. Bear with me. Life does get in the way sometimes to get these out, but I do enjoy doing them. And I enjoy getting feedback for them. So I appreciate you all watching and listening. And I will catch you all next week. Thank you. Oh! <laughs>